Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Life Ministries. And you're listening to us on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in Georgia, up in Folkestone, and up in uh, Virginia on the Lighthouse in Meridian, Mississippi on WMER. Our listeners on our SWATradio.com app and our SWATradio.com website and our app. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Today is Thursday. Thursday is guest day. And uh, I am glad to invite a uh, friend and brother in the Lord, a guy I've known about 20 years uh, from Cypress, Texas, named David Ambrose, to join us today. David, welcome to SWAT Radio. Uh, thanks, Doug. Um, looking forward to uh, visiting with you today um, and really thrilled about this opportunity. So, Dave, you are not what's called a, quote, professional minister uh by a lot of people they think of those people as professionals who've gone to seminary and who have spent four years getting their seminary degree or their doctorate degree in theology you are actually a real estate appraiser out in cyprus and have been one for what like 30 35 years yeah, that's correct. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Texas, Cypress is a small community outside of Houston. So uh, we've been uh, doing appraisal work in the Houston area and actually in the Dallas area as well since 1988. And uh, so I've been doing it a long time. That's the, the, the core profession of what I do. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, looking at uh, ministry opportunities that God has placed in my path is, is something that uh, I've pursued over those 30 years. And uh, it just gets, gets, keeps getting better. Well, Dave, we've known each other for a while. We actually met at Cypress Bible Church. Uh, Dr. Joe Wall was a pastor, and Lori and I had moved out there. I was actually, I think the first time we, we talked was after I taught a class. Uh, y'all were in a Sunday school class. I think it was you and Randy Sh- and uh, Stacy Schrader and some other people that y'all had been meeting in a class, and I taught on evangelism. And then we kind of connected after that and began talking. And you and I have stayed in touch over the years. And it's been neat to see what God has done. And recently, You've just launched a ministry called Fourth Quarter Ministry, and I actually went online, and you got a website. I I went there. I don't know if it's fully functional yet, but there's a cross with Fourth Quarter on it, and uh, I want you to just tell our listeners today a little bit about your journey, Uh, first your faith journey. Like, did you grow up in a Christian home? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting journey. Um, I grew up uh, in a, I guess, a, a quasi Christian Christian home because when I was one, my mom and dad divorced, and then my mom remarried when I was three, and my stepdad was a good man, uh, took care of us, but he he wasn't a, a man that pursued God, and uh, but my mom was 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 very passionate uh, about um, uh, taking us to church. 
uh, getting us exposed to the Word. And so uh, my mom was really uh, the, the person that provided the spiritual uh, depth and guidance for us. I'm one of uh, three boys. I'm the youngest. And so uh, just through going to church and being involved, I became a believer when I was 12. Uh, it was uh, one of those experiences you kind of remember and you never forget. It, w- it was like one of those aha moments. You know, but my journey um, really was kind of rocky, uh, especially in high school. It was uh, it was a struggle uh, uh, pursuing um, uh, the church things and things that per, that uh, that honored God, and 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 so I just it was it was really one of those times where I was in and out of of uh, of, of being close to God, and then in college, I kind of just went south and and really uh, focused on worldly things and self gratification and all that kind of stuff, and I got married right out of college, and and God just blessed us with with kids early on. Uh, my wife and I really never got the birth control thing down and so we had four kids <laughs> in five years <laughs> and that'll grow you up pretty quick oh it will and so yeah and so that's when god really got my attention and it really started that journey that i've been on for the last uh really 30 uh 30 years now uh, i'm 56 and when i was around 25 uh 26 uh it really uh, god got my attention and it's been a great journey, and, and so uh, most recently, uh, yeah, he's he's led me in the last year to uh, to start things I never thought I'd start, and so I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that today. Yeah, well, I want to let our listeners know, especially if you are listening out in the Texas area, you can, uh, and even if not, you can go to fourthquarterministry.com, and that's four, the number four, T-H, qtrministry.com click on the about us page and you see a whole lot of kissing going on i mean i got <laughs> david and all of his kids or his is you know are kissing and uh, they're kissing kids there's like five grandkids on there the only one i feel bad for is steve steve kind of seems left out in the back as everybody else has got somebody they're hugging or kissing um and yeah. steve is your adopted child from cameroon right yeah, so we have four biological children, three boys and a girl, and then we we took in a kid from Cameroon when he was 15. Uh, we had uh, done a lot of mission work in in Africa and really have a heart for uh, for that the community of people over there, and uh, and so we got got this opportunity to take Steve in and. Uh, when he was 15, and and now he's 32, and just a great addition to the family. Uh, Doug, you know Steve very well. Y'all have a very special relationship, and you have done a phenomenal job of pouring into him and really building into him. And so, yeah, that picture is uh, all our kids and grandkids, although we have nine grandkids now. That was taken when we had five. So we have a big family, five kids, nine grandkids, and another one on the way. So we have been blessed. I did yeah. not know you had nine already. We've got six, and I'm like, yeah. wow, you've got nine and about to have ten. Man, they are growing like weeds, man. That's like a look at yeah. those kids. That's crazy. Well, uh, Steve, I, I really did enjoy getting to know Steve. Steve played basketball at Vanderbilt University, and I had met Steve in high school. And, you know, Dave, one of the things I remember – God using in your life, and I really want to encourage people, and you can speak to this too, is the way God uses mission trips to really give you a global heart for him. Um, Talk a little bit about how he used Zambia and what you guys were doing with the orphans over there in your life. 
Yeah, in 2003, uh, I remember my daughter, who I think was 15 or 16 at that time, had um, had uh, been exposed to somebody who was was doing trips over there, and she came came home one day and said, "Dad, I, I want to go to Africa." And and this was, you know, the AIDS epidemic was going on. I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty with traveling over there, and and so. Really, just by faith, um, God said, I want you to go. I want you to take your two oldest kids, uh, Amy and Daniel. And uh, that was our first trip in 2003. And, Doug, it it was transformative in my life and in their lives because it gets you out of the bubble you're in, and whether you're in the suburbs or in town or whatever in, in the United States, and it takes you to a place that um, it just opens your eyes to how big God is, how much he loves people that are totally different than you are. And what happens is then you start loving those people that are different than you are, and you can't forget them, and you can't detach from them. And so uh, I think we've been to Africa maybe eight or nine times. Uh, I've been to countries uh, more than uh, just Zambia. I've been to South Sudan, Burundi. Um, and, and so it's, it's just, uh, it, it's an amazing thing to do, not only for your own walk, but for, for your kids and for your family and to experience that together. I wouldn't trade it for anything. My kids, uh, are totally different because of that experience. And so I would highly encourage anybody who has that opportunity, uh, to take advantage of it because you will see God differently and your, uh, heart for him and heart for other people will grow exponentially as a result of doing that. Yeah, well, I know in my own life, God really used my trips to Russia and to Kenya and the, the Philippines and uh, all these places that I went to, to to really burden my heart for those parts of the world. And, and I didn't realize you had been to different parts of China. Now, were, was that mission trips that you went over there to? Yeah, that that's the most, uh, I guess in the last five years, uh, I've been to China a few times. Um, and then most recently, uh, we've uh, we uh, opened an orphanage, uh, a ministry called A Child's Hope in Haiti. And so um, it's it's just been great to be able to be a part of seeing uh, really kids have opportunities uh, that they would not normally have because somebody went over there and cared for them and spoke love and truth into them. And it just it just changes, and it changes them, and it changes you, and uh, I just think that's what we're called to do. And especially in a global society now, there's just more opportunities to do that. And uh, obviously, with the uh, pandemic, it's not. But but when this passes, uh, it's just a it's an amazing thing to do to again increase your walk and your love for God and love for people. Well, uh, we're we're about to take our first break, David, and when we come back, I want to further explore that just a little bit and then get into a little bit about fourth quarter ministry, your your desire to disciple men, uh, and even your own process of what God's kind of used in your life to continue to deepen you, the men around you, how he's brought, uh, you know, uh, like what Paul says to Timothy, find faithful men, train them to find faithful men and keep this perpetual training going on of God's people. And so thank you again for joining us today. You're listening to David Ambrose from Cypress, Texas. And um, he has got a ministry called Fourth Quarter Ministry, the number 4THQTRMinistry.com. We're going to be right back after this uh, break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our SWAT Radio is Doug McCary. That was Rescuer by Wren Collective. And we are talking to my friend and brother uh, from Cypress, Texas, David Ambrose of Fourth Quarter Ministry. And Dave's uh, got this ministry out there. He is an appraiser and has been one for many years, been very active in the community. He was sharing before the break about mission trips and going to other countries and how that impacted him. And you know, one of the things I like about your website, David, is uh, if you go there on the opening page, you see the Bible open up. Now, I know you would think, well, that's pretty obvious we're ministry, but unfortunately, the Bible has stopped being a central part of a lot of ministries today and the teaching of that. And your mission statement says that you want to establish platforms and training so that men and women can lead and disciple others. When people draw close to God, they lead enriched and full lives. With speakers, fellowships, studying the gospel, we will equip the members of our ministry with tools necessary to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to follow the teachings of Jesus. And, yeah. uh, and you know, 
it's hard to follow the teachings of Jesus if you don't know the Bible, if you don't read the Bible. Um, it's impossible. You can't just, you know, pull them out of the air. And uh, I think for the Western culture, and I know you and Kathy have been to Israel, uh, that was really helpful for me when going, we went over there to learn that the mission of God's people hasn't changed since Exodus, uh, when God, even Adam, really. But in Exodus, he clearly got articulated to Moses that, you know, you will be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Mm-hmm. And then in First uh, Peter 2, 9, Peter articulates the same thing. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. And I think what God has communicated with me through his word is that a kingdom of priests displays what God is like by doing his will. Well, to do it, you have to know it, which is from his word, bridging between God and people and meeting needs on God's behalf. And it appears as I read through your website and just knowing you personally, that's where God has been leading you, not only to do those things yourself, but now to train other people. Can you speak about how fourth quarter came about, how you moved from that? Yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting because, um, you know, when you start getting up in age, and, and I'm, I'm 56, and uh, I, I say I'm in the fourth quarter, but a lot of people my age say, no, you're not in the fourth quarter yet. But, you know, the reality, if you look at effectiveness of ministry and, 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 and how uh, the impact you can have, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like I am in the fourth quarter. And so it really dawned on me as I thought about, okay, I'm in the fourth quarter of my life, and I started thinking about what leads do I have? What advantages has, has God given me at, at 56 years old that I can do something with? And, and I realized God has blessed me financially. He's blessed me with incredible relationships. He's blessed me with countless testimonies. And the question that I have, and I think those of us who are, are getting into this age that we need to uh, have some self-inflection on is that, um, what are we going to do with this? And, and the obvious thing is there's many things we can do with it. You can play prevent defense. Um, you can kind of run out the clock. Um, or um, you can uh, be proactive. And and so the thought occurred to me that, you know, our culture tells us when we get up in age that it's time to retire, to relax, to enjoy the things that you've worked so hard for. And I just don't think that's biblical. I think what God and what the Bible teaches us is that, no, use these experiences, these testimonies, these relationships, this margin that I've been able to obtain in life, and go do something with it. And so the fourth quarter ministry really is a uh, a reminder that uh, that that we could all be in the fourth quarter because we don't know when, when God's going to call us home. And what are we going to do with the things he's given us to go be ambassadors for him? And so what he put on my heart, and this all just happened within the last year, is that uh, God really moved me into uh, saying, David, I, I need you to be ambassador to go and sharpen other men and encourage other men. 
and and if I can, Doug, just these are these are some of the things that I just have noticed, and God has has revealed to me uh, the status or or where men a lot of men are today. And there's four things, real quick. I think a lot of men are in a state of just confusion and unaware of what it looks like to be um, a, a biblical man. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a home where my dad didn't model that for me. I think that resonates with a lot of men out there. And if 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 you didn't have a dad, then you really don't know what uh, biblical manhood looks like growing up because it wasn't modeled for you. Or maybe you had a dad that, that really uh, tried but just blew it all the time or whatever. So uh, without that model, and then I don't think the churches by and large do a great job of teaching specifically what it looks like for men to lead well. And and so, but then you have society just bombarding us with things that are, aren't biblical in terms of how we should be as men. Men are just confused in terms of what it looks like. What's our uh, what, what's what's the game plan for being a godly man? I think the other thing is a lot of men have just faced disappointment in life. They wake up one day and they say, "Is this is this it? I mean, I've worked hard, I've I've uh, earned this money, or maybe I've gathered things, or maybe uh, my my family life isn't that great, and and it's just a disappointment." And so they're they're really confused on what do they do with that, you know, and then. The other thing that that I think is interesting is I think there's a lot of men out there, Doug, that are just flat-out lonely. Mm -hmm. Think about this. We live in an age where you can call just about anybody on this planet at any time and have a conversation with them, right? Mm -hmm. And yet I think there are a ton of guys out there who have hundreds of contacts in their phones, but not one of them really know them. And I know a lot of guys that, that I have friendships with, and and they're lonely, and 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 yet they come across as yeah, I, you know, I've got all this going for me and all this, and at the end of the day, I think down deep inside they're lonely. And then the last thing that that I'll just say is that I think a lot of men out there are just drifting, and I think this encompasses the Christian men out there as well. Um, you know, our um, I think there's a lot of men out there who live life from a reactionary standpoint. They're just reacting to things that life hits them with. And the Bible's very clear. I think God modeled this in Genesis when he created everything, and then he cultivated, and then he, said, and then he blessed uh, what he created. That's the model for, for us as men to follow. And so if we're not men who are constantly looking at ways to create value, I'm saying eternal value, mm-hmm. and cultivate what we created and then go bless that, then we're living lives that are reactionary and, and that are not proactive. With, and so we're living lives without vision, and our families suffer from it, our wives suffer from it, and the people around us are, aren't being inspired. And so and, and that's that's exactly opposite of what Jesus did, right? Yeah. At every given moment, he breathed life into people, right? Yeah. And because he was visionary, he was proactive, he was intentional. And um, and, and so uh, there, there's something I came across I thought was really interesting and so true, is that, you know, Satan doesn't necessarily need to tempt us if he can just keep us busy. Mm. And that is so true, right? I mean, we think we're doing fine, we're, you know, we're... we're, we're providing for our family and we're everybody's busy it's like man you're you're just uh nominalized i mean there's no you're not you're not doing anything you're just kind of just being there and drifting and so i say that to say i think there's a lot of men who are, are who fall into those categories and god just gave me this thought that no I, there's there 
men have to be sharpened, instructed, encouraged, and supported. And so that's kind of how the ministry uh, uh, came to about. Well, I, uh, I'm i listening to what you're sharing, and, you know, I, I don't know if I've even shared with you my definition of discipleship, which I, I, can't, I actually, I was out in Cypress, Texas. <laughs> I was speaking at Harvest Bible Church, and I was in a hotel room, and I just started scribbling this stuff down of all the things that, kind of things that you had been saying, and I want to get you to react to it, uh, is for me, I wrote down an intentional mentoring, shepherding, um, relationship uh, in community through biblical instruction, modeling, accountability, and encouragement with a goal of reproducing future mentor shepherds that have a passion to love God and be like Jesus. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but yeah. but but I want to highlight the four areas of instruction. Uh, I mean, the, the four things that I think are important. Uh, instruction, modeling, accountability, and encouragement in community. And I think the American church does a good job with instruction for the most part in some areas. But I mean, as far as teaching the Bible uh, from an informational standpoint, and I think we do an okay job with encouragement, but it's the modeling and accountability that I see us struggling in the community aspect. You highlighted on community there at the end, talking about your, you know, the four things you were talking about. Do you respond to that for a second? I mean, as you hear that. Yeah, I think community is probably the biggest thing missing from the fraternity of men. Mm-hmm. Um, men tend to uh, have this facade that everything's okay. Uh, they, they feel uncomfortable opening up. And so what happens is then I think down deep inside they're lonely. And so they have all this information. Uh, if they go to church, they're getting all the biblical information. They're processing that. They are being encouraged. Um, but at the end of the day, is anybody, does anybody really know what's going on deep down inside of them? Mm-hmm. And, and that won't happen unless you have community. And I'm going to say something here that may be, uh, I guess, a little controversial, but, but I, I really believe it's true, Doug. I don't think I don't think men can um, can uh, fully uh, develop to be godly men unless they have other men around them. In other words, and I, and I know this through experience. I've been in a men's group for 30 years with three other guys that we meet once a month and we just go through it. Everything that's going on in our lives, and um, and it's 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 great. I mean, it's total transparency. So. There are things that I share with these guys that I can't share with my wife. And the reason is because these guys understand that more than she does. And well, so, hey, Dave, I, I, I'm going to yeah. cut you off. we got to go to a break for the news. But I want to pick up on that when we come back about sharing those things with other guys, okay? Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio with David Ambrose from Fourth Quarter Ministry out in Cypress, Texas. We're going to be right back after the news. Stay with us on SWAT Radio. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong. At the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. I'm just a nobody trying to 
right And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil start talking to me Saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. You're listening to Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with my friend David Ambrose from Cypress, Texas with FourthQuarterMinistry.com. Uh, about six months ago, I would have just said my friend David Ambrose of Ambrose Appraisal Group. <laughs> but uh, God put this ministry on his heart, and it's really neat, you know, Dave, I remember talking to you on my back porch. I was talking to you about this idea, and I was talking about our SWAT retreat. We do because we do a daily SWAT retreat. In fact, we just did it um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we had 96 guys come, and uh, we had a 8 to 8, 8 in the morning till 8 at night, and we had a great guy sharing, Dr. H.B. Charles, who came and spoke on prayer, but then guys go out and they do stuff. They go shoot, they go fish, they go, um, you know, skydive, they, they play golf and they get out and they talk throughout the day about things that were talked about in the morning. And believe it or not, David, it started when I was in Texas, we were doing a golf tournament out there out at high meadow ranch. And I did an outreach where we, it was we just got together to play a golf tournament to as a way to get, invite guys to something and hear a christian message and i realized that guys heard a message first a testimony and then they go play golf and they talked about it the rest of the day and it just it, it's getting that conversation started that you were talking about before we went to break guys talking to other guys you can't just open up to a guy and start telling them your deepest struggles without having some entry points you know what i'm saying and uh and i think you and i were talking about these events being a way to get guys together because as guys don't we just like doing things together you know yeah yeah you know it's interesting doug as you as you were telling that story about how it all began i was at that event that you had at high metal ranch now (laughs) think about it so that's Oh, wow. You were there. I didn't even know. I was there. I remember that. I remember the invite. I remember uh, you uh, uh, teaching uh, just real clearly about uh, the gospel. And uh, it was a great event. I I didn't know that led to your one day retreat. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it was just that concept of giving a spiritual lesson or a thought or a testimony of the, uh, uh, the gospel. And then guys going out doing something together and they have the time to interact throughout the day and kind of talk about it but it's those you know most guys are not going to go out from that after the the lesson or the teaching and open up with everything but what that does lead to is some spiritual conversations that what are what i call spiritual springboards and and i think that's really important for guys to have those conversations with other guys, like you were mentioning before the break, you know, 
when you start talking to guys about uh, spiritual issues, there's some things that we as men feel in common with each other that the women just don't struggle with like we struggle with. I mean, they have their own struggles. You know, we all got different struggles, but I think it's helpful, like you said, for us to have men in our life that we can open up to uh, about uh, sp- our spiritual struggles, right? I mean, you want to elaborate on that? Because I had to cut you short before the break. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And it, it really it goes beyond spiritual struggles. I mean, men, uh, relationship struggles, struggles at work. Uh, you know, there's a lot of men out there who are struggling at work, and and they've tried to talk to their wives about it, or and it just it it doesn't resonate with them, and they don't understand it, and it's not that they're not trying, but there's just no um, uh, history or um, really things that they that, that the wives can understand, and so that's why if men do, do not have an outlet to discuss this with other men. They fall into that trap of being uh, alone, uh, being disappointed. You know those things I mentioned before, and, and if and so it, that's why it is so important for men to be in community uh, with each other. And if they're not, it's just I don't know how men do it when when they're not. I really don't. It's just um, I've been so blessed by being a part of that that uh, I, I just can't imagine doing life without having other men to call on or who challenge me, who rebuke me, who encourage me, train me, and all that. And I just need that, and I think we need that from other men. And so, um, so again, I think what you're modeling as well over there in, in, in Florida is, is exactly right as well. It's just being proactive and intentional about investing into other men. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it is to have those men. And, you know, you, you talked about it when you were sharing those four points earlier, and I want to restate those just – uh, so in case you just tuned in, I'm talking with David Ambrose from Fourth Quarter Ministry uh, and his website's Fourth Quarter, and that's number 4thqtrministry.com. And anyway, he talked about men being in a state of confusion and unaware of what it means to be a man of God, either because the church is failing to really teach men what that looks like uh, because they just focus on information transfer a lot of times. Uh, we're bombarded in our culture about negative images of men. He also talked about the disappointment that men face. And a lot of that disappointment, I think, Dave, is it, it surprises us because, we, like you said, we we give and give and give, or we're trying to do everything and we don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden we realize we're, we're blowing it in an area because we're so focused. We get tunnel vision sometimes and, and we end up being disappointed in ourselves and and we feel shame or whatever and we don't want to talk about it um you talked about a lack of connection uh, and i think that's something we really face and then you talked about being a drifter coaster and and you you made the point about reacting versus responding and hb charles who did our retreat a couple of weeks ago talks in his book about the difference between us being a thermometer and a thermostat Hmm. and um Thermometers react to their surroundings. Thermostats regulate their surroundings. And as believers, we should be the bright light in the room. We should be, not that we're perfect, but we have a hope in the, and we trust in the sovereignty of God and we trust in his goodness. And even when our lives are falling around us, down around us, uh, as men, we need to understand that 
we're going to fail. And my wife and I are talking about this even now. We, as men, we struggle with the idea of failure. And just because we fail doesn't mean we're failures. We just fail. And uh, I know you know from business and your your business endeavors, you learn more from failure than you do from success, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so true. That, that really is true. And, and you know, I, I think um, this is where I think a, a lot of Christian men can 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 relate to because I I, I I mean, honestly, I think we all have had seasons in our lives where we've just been drifting or we're just in a a reactionary mode. And, and and that's fine. We just can't stay there, right? And yeah. and you know the Holy Spirit is continuing to prompt you to move out of your comfortableness into being a little uncomfortable. And and, I'll, and, and, and Doug, you've, you've done a lot of uncomfortable things because I, I know your story, but you don't do those things by just being reactionary. You know, when, when, I, when, it, when I started this ministry, I had no idea what I'm doing, and I'm still like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of following what God wants me to do. And there's this... Um, there's this sense that you're getting into areas of that you don't know and so it's a little more uncomfortable and so you have to trust and have faith and that's exactly where God wants you because then he starts showing you things that you can't imagine you can't believe that are happening in front of your eyes and but you won't you won't see that you won't experience that if you don't move into some level of uncomfortableness with your walk and with your ministry. Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of the things that's important for us to understand about men specifically, and I'm terribly guilty of this, and I know we got to go to our next break in a couple of minutes, but, and maybe you could speak to this, Dave, just as you're dealing with it out there too, is this idea of silence as men. If you go back even in the Bible and you look at the example of Adam, or Abraham, or Lot, or uh, even Isaac, you know, um, all those men were silent when they needed to speak. And I know my own tendency is when I realize that I'm uncomfortable or I, fa- I face failure, that I I want to be silent and just kind of withdraw. How, how do you help men with that out there? Is that something you, you, you do? I know you do marriage counseling, too. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting because Adam is a prime example of being silent. I mean, look what he did. I mean, this is the first man created, and God said, you know, he, he didn't have the Ten Commandments. He didn't have the Book of the Law, anything. He just said, God said, just don't do this. Eat from the tree of knowledge. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and and then when Eve uh, got tempted and, and, and she sinned and then Adam sinned, and then God confronted Adam and he blamed her. And, you know, he, he just, he was so silent. He was so passive. And, and that is, unfortunately, that is what we are born into, right? I mean, are you ever guilty into, of that, Dave? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All Me the time. Too. Me that, too. That's why, I need, that's why I need men to come alongside and go, in fact, I don't know if I can give you this example real quick. We got twenty uh, seconds. Was, you, you want to do? Well, hold on to it. Yeah, hold yeah, on. Let to me do it on the break because because yeah. I, I this is a good example that recently happened to me. Yeah, so, I want to I want to give that. You're listening to Dave David Ambrose from uh, Fourth Quarter Ministry out in Cypress, Texas. He's a good friend, and we're just talking about really as men in right now silence and why that's not a good thing we got to fight it and so uh, you're listening to SWAT radio SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth we'll be right back after this last break 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio for our last segment of the day. And we're with David Ambrose of uh, Fourth Quarter Ministry. And we were talking about the silence of Adam as well as others, including ourselves. And, uh, you know, as we were talking about it, Dave, uh, I asked him, was he guilty of that like me? And he said yes, and he had an example. So go ahead and share, Dave. Yeah, this was actually just about uh, six or eight weeks ago. Um, I have a friend, a good friend, who is in a, a situation in his marriage where it's unhealthy, and he he's doing things that, that are that are not healthy, and, uh, and and I'm aware of it. And he didn't know I was aware of it, and um, and so um, there's a lot of background to this. But I was uh, called a mutual friend, and we were talking about it, and uh, and I was just saying, you know, it seems like that that they the these two people the, this marriage is they just that's kind of how they function and accepted the fact that they agreed to an unhealthy marriage and this friend of mine said uh well I think you should need to talk to to our our common friend I said well yeah I, you know um I just think that's the way they are I was being silent I you know I said this is the way they accept, you know they're going to live their lives and he said David that's a cop out he said you of all people have an opportunity to instill change into this person and man it just it just hit me right between the eyes it's like i was just being passive i was being kind of cowardly i was being like adam you know i wasn't inserting myself in a loving way to a situation to confront my brother that man you can't continue to go on this path and it's one of those things where you kind of protect the relationship instead of getting in the weeds and the and the uh the dirtiness of life and and that's exactly what god 
doesn't want us to do. He wants us to go in to these difficult situations and communicate in love, speak the truth in love uh, of what uh, of, of what it looks like to be a godly man. And so, uh, you know, we all are, are guilty of that. We we go through circumstances like that. I'm just glad I had a godly brother that came alongside and said, "Dude, no, 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 you need to insert yourself into this situation." And I did, and and it's uh, it's it's. Uh, Working a little bit, it's it's going to be a long process. But you know, I, again, I think to your point, we all are silent too often, and and that's why we need other brothers to help encourage and uh, get us on the right track and be proactive, right, and not just reactive. Well, and I think it's easy, um, speaking from experience, to let fear, or you know, uh, and, and fear, you know, you can be fearless in a lot of areas. But some of the most areas as men that we're fearful most of is in relationships. Maybe, yep. you know, I just talking about because we don't want to let people down. We don't want to, you know, we, we just feel like a failure in some of these ways. And, you know, I, I think even thinking about the story you just shared, it's it's easy to not do what uh, Paul said to the Galatians to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ says this. He says you love others. You love God, and then you love others. And and loving sometimes means saying hard things to people and, and risking your relationship because I think sometimes, David, we love our relationships more than we love the people, if that makes sense. That is sense. so true. So true. That's so true, Doug. Yeah, and so I was uh, – you know, I was thinking about um, the Bible itself and just even that text in Galatians, you know, we don't talk a lot about that. That's an accountability. I call that an accountability text. And when we when we think about the Bible, it's not enough to know what it means. It, it's what does it look like lived out in our lives? And that's where that community and accountability comes in. That's why I'm excited. You were sharing with me before the program began today that you did your first event in May and you had about 30 guys came and now tell everybody what happened since then. It wasn't just a, Hey, let's come together, do a rah, rah. What's happened since that first event you did in May? Yeah, great. And and I, and I, I'd like to any, any uh, guys out there who are, uh, feeling uh, encouraged to get involved in a men's ministry or do something. This is the model that God laid on my heart, and I think it can be replicated anywhere. So the whole idea is hold a a, a one uh, a, a good a big event once a year, like a one day retreat. Doug, you gave me that idea. It's a brilliant idea because guys don't like to go on weekends, three or four days. The wives don't want you gone, but they will. A, a day is great, and so the idea is. Figure out a way to mobilize men. That's that one-day retreat. You have good teaching in the morning. Do it at a great venue. You have uh, a lot of activity, fun stuff in the afternoon. In fact, if you go to my website and go to the event gallery, you'll see pictures and a video of our event out of Houston Oaks where we you know, played golf, pickleball. People uh, did uh, shotguns and <laughs> it just whatever they wanted to do. It's awesome. And so, But what they did is they got a glimpse of good teaching, good community, because we broke into small groups and talked about what the what the guy was teaching on, and it just gave them a flavor, a taste of 
community with men. And that's what this mobilization, this one-day event is designed to do. But that's not the ministry. The ministry is then to get guys to start getting into small groups. So what we've done is after that, we uh, had a we had about 48 guys at that event during COVID, which was amazing. This was in May. And and then about three weeks ago, we uh, we mobilized men again who wanted to be in small groups. And, again, we're kind of dealing with a hot spot here. I know Florida as well. So really unsure how many men would show up. There were 20 guys that showed up. 16 of them want to get in small groups. And so that's the bread and butter of this ministry. So uh, what we have now is, is starting next week, we've got four small groups that are starting with men who've never been in small groups. And this is going to be great. And there's really not a lot of teaching and instruction. Uh, if any of you guys are interested in just starting some of this really small or some, please contact me on my website, or uh, and, and I'd be more than happy to share uh, how this all came about. I don't have, I mean, this is totally new to me. I've never been in men's ministry like this before. God just laid this on my heart a year ago. I, I kind of just uh, pushed it aside for for months and months. He kept uh, pounding my heart on it, and, and, and I said, I got to do it. And, and so I'm really excited. And so the idea is, to is again, to hold one main event a year. We'll get all the guys together four or five times a year for like a dinner and fellowship. But every month or twice a month, small groups are meeting, uh, going over biblical manhood. There's a great video series called 33 Series, and they have great teaching on, on biblical manhood, authentic manhood. And really, that, that's, uh, that's the teaching source that you can use. But where you really get transformation is when you start talking about accountability. And so our groups will say, hey, you know, go through each minute and say, hey, what's going on in your life? We can pray for, support you, encourage you. And you start breaking those walls down, and you'll see men just melt and start tra- transforming and changing uh, the way they're doing life. And, and that's really the essence of the ministry. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, again, the website is fourthquarterministry.com. That's the number four THQTR ministry. And, um, you know, uh, the thing, David encouraged you if, you, if you, if you're listening, whether you're out west or you're up in Virginia or whether you're in Georgia or Florida or wherever you are listening, if you know david's easy to talk to and you can contact him you know and i I, david and i talked about this i don't know six months a year ago and it it was in the it was in the idea stage he'd been thinking about it for a while and now it's come to fruition but it took some encouragement and maybe he's a guy that can encourage you because he's just gone through the process you know and and so sometimes david i don't know I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years and I feel like I forget some of the things that you've even been sharing with me because I've just been around it for a while. And I, I appreciate the the freshness that you've brought to it. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is because this is kind of new for you and it's unfolding and, and there's an excitement there. And the only thing I think that we have as part of what we are doing here with SWAT is is we have connected not only the event and the small groups, but also um, we have uh, the mission trips, either to Israel, where we go over there and and as a, a community, or we go to India, and we're going to India where we're doing training. Because I think, and you alluded to it earlier during the first segment, is that um, 
you know, it changes you. Well, it really, cha- I, I, I call it discipleship on steroids when you go with a bunch of guys and you, and you go over to someplace like that to do ministry together. So, uh, yeah. but, but I, I really appreciate you and what you're doing there. And any last thoughts for any guys out there who may be listening and they're not plugged into any group and they're not connected to any uh, community of men, any last words for guys like that who are just sitting out there? Yeah, if if you're experiencing that, um, I, I would just say that what God's probably placing on your heart to, to step forward and lead. And, and, and you know, you probably are around some guys that uh, you could just uh, call together and say, hey, can we just meet once a month and um, and just talk about things that are going on in our lives? If you need any kind of format, instruction, uh, or help with putting that together, I would love to be a resource. I know Doug would as well. It's it's really not that difficult. The difficult part is getting guys to say yes and getting them out of their environment. And so I would just encourage you to take advantage of the relationships you have. You may start with two guys or three guys and just start the process because God will honor it. He will encourage you. He will bring people into your life to encourage you. Because, again, I called Doug. I said, Doug, I'm doing this. I need some, Tell me what to do. And, and, and he was a source of encouragement. Another guy named Tim Kimmel who, who uh, uh, I talked to really was a bit. So there's guys out there that will support you and that will get you moving forward because, again, you don't want to feel lonely and uh, detached while you're doing this, and God will bring people around you to support you. Well, Dave, thank you so much our time has come to an end i really yep. really appreciate what you're doing and thanks so much for the time you gave us today okay brother yeah thanks doug all appreciate right, t- it hey tell kathy and all those kids i said hello all right uh yeah let's catch up off air and uh love to do yeah to do that yeah we'll do that hey the name of the ministry again is fourth quarter ministry david ambrose number four th quarter q2 qtr ministry.com Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Pastor Will McKinnon. Uh, pastor Will McKinnon is one of our SWAT brothers, and he's a pastor, and today's his birthday. I appreciate so much him uh, being a part of SWAT. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you want to hear this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com and click on the past program link. We'll be back tomorrow with more SWAT Radio. Have a good evening. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual